have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. I am excited for today's episode. The theme on YGT Mama this month is love. We're talking all about love, different kinds of love, self-love, romantic love, love for a child, divine love, you name it, we've got it this month, which is awesome. Valentine's Day is in a couple of days. So today I want to chat about the language of love. Lots of our listeners are familiar with Gary Chapman's book and the theory of the five languages of love. But I have brought in my friend, co-author in three of the four You've Got This Mama books, Mama Times Two, and love languages expert, Habiba Jessica Zeman. Hey, girl. Hey, Sabrina. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, well, it's actually so nice to have you back because you were (laughs) one of the original, (laughs) one of my guinea pigs on the podcast. You were just episode two. Mm -hmm. So we've learned a lot since then. (laughs) I like to think that we've gotten a lot better since then as well. But I'm really excited to chat with you today because, you know, it'd be great to have Gary Chapman on the show, but he's not a mom. (laughs) And from what I understand, you have a little bit of a different take on this whole theory around the languages of love. So I'm really excited to dive in. I did my quiz <laughs> earlier today, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm going to do a formal introduction so everyone knows who you are, and then we're going to just dive right in. Perfect. So Habiba Jessica Zaman has a master's degree in professional counseling, specializing in trauma. She is also a therapist and owner of North Star of Georgia Counseling. She has 15 years of work experience in the counseling field, including advocacy, guidance, and education. She believes that awareness of one's fears, perception, desires, and strengths increase. Um, one can make successful life changes. She has nine publications. Wow. It started out with a children's book published in 2012 called But I'm Just Playing. And her latest that is due out very soon this year called Dear Time. And she's also, as I mentioned, one of the original Mama Tribe. She's in three of the four. You've got this Mama books, which is just crazy. So <laughs> welcome. You're like, right? yes, absolutely. I absolutely I love that you're here and you've been such a huge supporter of our vision with You've Got This Mama. And I know it's just at the beginning, we're just scratching the surface of what we can do and how many people we can help with our message. So thank you for being such a huge part of the growth of YGT Mama. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I love every moment of it. It's still surreal that we've done so much with it and such a short time. Yes. Yes. Incredible pretty crazy yeah and I got to meet you in person because you're down in Georgia so I I got to meet you in person when was it November in Ontario and that was really really awesome it's so true what they say about connection and when you just know you've made a pal for life so yay okay so love languages let's dive right in here because I actually don't know very much about it um I have read parts. I'll be totally transparent. I've only read parts of Gary's book. Um, But yeah, I find it so interesting. And, you know, there's this whole talk about relationships and relationship therapy and, you know, where, when do you start going to therapy? When do you need therapy? And what are love languages? And, you know, I've had a million questions around this topic. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Valentine's Day is an appropriate time. I didn't want to do the whole hallmark, like, be my Valentine and (laughs) sharing love stories and things because, you know, as nice as that is, we can blog about that or, you know, but I wanted to really sort of dive into the nitty gritty of relationships because as a mom, 
they're not easy, right? Relationships are really challenging. It's hard to communicate with your partner. You know, I have a perfect example. We just sat down to dinner, you know, not a few hours ago and I've got three boys and they're insane. And it's like talking (laughs) over yelling and interruptions and things happening and talking about what happened at school and getting in trouble at school and this and that. And I was just, it's it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And how do you connect with your partner in such chaos? You know, all of these questions. So I think, I guess the first question just, just sort of stay on track would be, you know, what, what's your take on love languages? What, does it all mean? What is it? What are they? Sure. Well, um, I think defining love languages, I think it was a beautiful concept. I think it's very important. We do have different ways of expressing it. And this is crucial, understanding each other's love language when you're in a state of frenzy, right? Because we're too exhausted at the end of the day to accept anything less. Um, and if you know your partner's love language um, and how they receive it and how they give it, it, I think it just cuts down on everything else that could come in between. Um, a lot of misconceptions of, well, I've done this, 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 and this to show you how much you mean. And you're like, yeah, but all I really want you to do is this. And it would have been done, right? And we just don't, unless you understand the different ones, it, it's very hard to give that when we don't have the the luxury of what it was like before children. Um, Gary Chapman came up with five different ones. He's come up with words of affirmations, quality time, acts of service, gift giving or receiving, and physical touch. Um, So each one is very distinct and and they're separate ones. I think you said that you had already done the test, right? The quiz? I did. Okay. Yeah. I, do you want me to talk about what these different ones are first, or do you want to tell me how yours went? Well, maybe I'll, I'll tell you how mine went, uh-huh. and then you can sort of um, break that down for me, what <laughs> it means, because mine's interesting. So it goes by a point system, right? There's mm-hmm. scoring. So it doesn't just say, you are this. It's like nine points for this and eight points for this. So I got nine points in acts of service. Mm-hmm. I got nine points in quality time. Okay. I got eight points in words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I got four points in physical touch and I got zero points in receiving <laughs> gifts. <laughs> Isn't <Okay>. that interesting? <laughs> um, so yes, it does do that. The way I teach it, it, it's similar to the point system. It's just a little bit different with my clients. Um, I do it based on primary and secondary needs. Um So the way I teach it is which one, when receiving it, not from a loved one, the way I teach it is, you know, when you're receiving this from anyone, because if we're thinking about it from a loved one, sometimes we can make um, alterations to, well, yeah, sometimes this is really nice. And sometimes, yeah, of course I like that. Or I would love to get gifts on Valentine's Day or anniversary or my birthday. Of course I want that. Um, So I think we make adjustments for when we think about the people we love. If you look at this from a state of what is your true way of receiving love, you see it differently. Um, For example, I think you said acts of service was a nine, correct? Acts of service was my top one. Yeah, it was a nine. So Mm -hmm. acts of service would be... um, someone that goes out of their way to do something for you, to take something off your plate. Um, I mean, especially your yep. plate. Right <laughs> Sounds <now>. about right. <laughs> right? Um, you know, Definitely speaking my language. <laughs> yes. Um, usually this is, you know, something that you see in oldest children. Um, oldest children as in like, I'm the oldest of five children yeah, in my house. Me too. There Same. you go. Uh, that's a common thing you see just because we were responsible for so much, right? Growing up, we needed to make sure somebody didn't fall or somebody didn't do this or make sure you protect your sibling or whatever, or just make life easier for mom or dad. Um, and so you see this as a commonality for oldest children because then they're like, okay, you love me clearly because you're giving me a break. Yeah. Does that make sense? But this love language goes with anyone, my primary is also acts of service. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I know this because <laughs> I'll tell you, um, 
Nicole. She is my partner in crime in the office at North Star, but then also she's one of my closest friends now. Um, we've just been working for so long together. And I remember in the very beginning stages, I was sitting at my desk and I'm trying to do case studies with her. I'm trying to bill insurance at the same time and do my uh, emails and texting other clients back while I'm doing these case studies verbally with her, with who she's seeing and what they're doing and everything. And then I hear this noise. I'm like, what is this girl doing? And I turn around and I look, she's putting away all of my notes. She's sorting them out and putting them in their files. I could have cried. I could have <laughs> cried, seriously. Or even now, um, Matt goes another therapist that I have. And one day I came out of session and he's just carrying the trash out. And I like did an overdramatic hitting the wall, crumbling. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. I love you so much, Matt, go for doing this for me. I, I'm in stilettos. Yeah. I don't want to take out the trash across the street <laughs> uh, in the rain, in the cold. And so for me, that screams acts of service. Someone that goes out of their way to just take something off my plate, even if it's as simple as putting away my notes or taking out the trash. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And basically what you're saying is that this love language is not just for romantic relationships. It's for all relationships, yes. right? It's, it's how you receive love, period. Yeah. Just yeah. love. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, and it totally makes it being the eldest child. And also, you know, I've always been a caregiver. My mm -hmm. mom was a foster parent. I had not just five siblings. I had like 45 siblings. <laughs> and, you know, oh. it, it was definitely, you know, a lot of people ask me the question, um, how, how did you do it? How did you not feel resentment you know, with your parents loving all of these children. And I never did. It's one emotion I never felt was resentment, but I did always feel this mama bird, like need to step up, need to take care of everyone else, need to be the role model and the one that everyone looked up to and the one that everyone came to with their problems. And, you know, I, it, it was heavy and it does take a lot. So that totally makes sense for me. Now tied with that was quality time. Yes. So I think this sounds pretty self-explanatory. Like you crave that connection, especially when you have three children or even one child, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't get a lot of that one-on-one -on -one time or quality time together as mm -hmm. husband and wife, as partners, whatever your relationship is. And, you know, I think we all, crave human connection yes. <laughs> other than toddler talking and baby talking and goo goo gaga, you know? Right. Well, with quality yeah. time also, one of the things I teach um, all of my clients, not just the couples that I work with is clearly, and unfortunately we do have to spell this out for some people. It's not being in each other's proximity. It's not just being in the same space. It's more than that. It's not just sitting next to each other while you watch a TV show. It's mm -hmm. fine if you're sitting there watching a TV show, as long as you guys are talking about it, you're processing it, you're seeing what the other person's thought about it. What, what did you think about what just happened? And this was my take on it. Does that make sense? Like it's a shared experience. Oh, absolutely. Cause I get, I'm guilty of this for sure. Like we'll be sitting watching a movie or Netflix or whatever it is, just mindlessly tapping away on our computer. Or we'll both be working with mm -hmm. like headphones on and doing a thing. And yeah, it's nice to be, together, but it's not really together. And I've found myself definitely, you know, getting angry. Like, what are you doing? Why are you scrolling Instagram? Why are you ignoring me? Like, did you hear what I just said? I'm, I'm talking to you, you know, that sort of like anger and expectation. And, you know, it's, it's so quickly that it happens where you're like, Oh, and I think a lot of what I'm learning in researching and, and doing this love language stuff is that a lot of the negative side of it is expectation. Mm -hmm. We expect so much from our partners or our friends or our parents or our siblings, whoever it is, we expect them to read our minds mm -hmm. and to react the way we want them to uh -huh. <laughs> in all situations. And if they don't, we get horribly upset about the way it has played out. Am I, am I right in saying that? Absolutely. It's our shoulds, right? We're pre-programmed from childhood with our shoulds of what everyone should be. Um, yeah. And then we get 
lost in those shoulds and we get triggered when those shoulds are not met, those needs are not met. Um, and a lot of the times we haven't taken, you know, the time to say, hey, this is who I am. This is why I am the way I am. And this is what I need from you. Anyone that you come to with that perspective to say, hey, do you want to get to know who I am and what I need? will obviously sit there and be like, of course I want to. I don't want to flail around and figure it out on my own. <laughs> You know, I want to give you what you need. Um, Everyone does. And we just get lost in the moment, I think. And then we get lost in being comfortable and complacent with one another. And these love languages are a great way to refresh that for each other. And, you know, say, hey, remember what this means? Like for quality time, you know, like you were saying, it's not just sitting next to each other. Of course, it's wonderful sometimes to be able to work right next to one another, have coffee together while you're working, even if you're not engaging with another. But when is it that you're carving out the time, specifically carving out time for the other person to say, you matter to me, so I'm going to put aside this time for you. So that's an awesome segue into, you know, I think the question when it comes to this, I know it's going to be the most asked question. And that's sort of like, how do we teach our partner our love language? Because I know so many, mostly men, but I know a lot of partners that will be like, oh, well, I'm not really into that stuff or, you know, oh, that's really lame or right. I'm right about this. I know I am. (laughs) I know that I... My husband's pretty open-minded, but I know he'd be like, oh, really? You're going to make me do what? I have to take a test, huh? Like, what are you talking about? This is so annoying. But really, like, how do we, how do we teach them to listen? I think it has a lot to do with how we approach it. You know, I used to, I mean, I, I want to say I used to, I still do. I completely (laughs) got on psychology. So I used to come home um, before with books, you know, I'm like, Hey, look what I just learned. And I will force you to do this with me. Um, (laughs) Wild eyed and crazy looking. Um, And I I think that's where it all goes wrong because we Mm -hmm. don't have the same interests. Right. And You can't force someone, we can't impose this on our partners at all. I think the best way is to be curious with your partner. You know, anytime I'm working with one client who's going to go home and try to figure this out with their partner, I say, you know, come to them with, I appreciate everything you do for me. I think you know me in a way most people do not. And I think what we have is very special. Um... I've just learned some more things about me and how love really impacts me and how I know for a fact that you love me, which ones stick with me. And here it is. And this is what it means. So presenting it like with the quality time one, you know, it really means a lot to me when you're able to carve out that time for me to say, you matter. I want to make sure you understand that you matter to me. And I'm going to select a specific time where it's going to be just you. Um, I think if you present it in a way that's more, I appreciate what you do. And this also, when you do this, means so much more to me because this is how I receive it. They feel like, okay, I want to give that to you some more. It's more encouragement than I need this from you and you're not giving it to me the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I think a lot of our hesitation in speaking about this kind of stuff with our partners is is in our own head, right? It's between our own ears saying, oh, well, he's going to think this and he's going to, it's that fear of judgment, that fear of ridicule, the fear of our partner thinking we were crazy or whatever it is. But really, you know, they're, they're people pleasers. They want to make us happy. They want to do their best. They want to be rewarded as well. You know, whatever their love language is, they want to receive it back. So I think, you know, we just have to sort of stop being so shy or fearful when it comes to sharing mm-hmm. how we feel with our partners. And, you know, the language that we use is obviously very important when it comes to that. Like you said, it's how we approach it. Because I know if I, you know, sat him down and was like, here, this is what we're doing. Here's a test for you. <laughs> we have page one of 367. Um, go, here's your homework, right? Like, and then it feels like work. And that's, you know, not right. to 
blanket statement here or, or judge dads because you guys don't have it that easy either. Like we all have our workload cut out for us. We all have our participation points and what we do in our relationships, but really like, you know, you guys are are kind of known for not, (laughs) not being 100% present with all of that stuff, right. And not wanting to do the work, like when it comes to taking a test, for example. So yes, I think it does. It It totally does. And you know, I'm all into hocus pocus. That's sort of my jam. And, (laughs) but it's amazing. You know, if you start chipping away because, you know, I'm totally throwing my hubby under the bus this episode. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this one because he's coming up a lot. But, you know, when I met him, he was sort of like, oh, that's all hocus pocus. And what are you doing? Because I read a lot of personal development books and I listen to a lot of personal development podcasts and audiobooks. He's like, oh, all that stuff is so silly. And, but now, you know, I, I notice him saying things that, come from the data that I've collected, not just things that I have said and him repeating it, but things that he's genuinely now understand, not just understanding, but actually practicing in concept, you know, like the, the whole theory of, you know, the universe is this. And, you know, we talk about even really hocus pocus stuff like numerology and, you know, Oh, that number means this. And that's, you know, it's, so it's really interesting because it, I think if we just, follow our gut and our minds they will start to pay attention right if you stand to your your conviction and what you believe in in time it will start to trickle down and trickle into that relationship and i i have a feeling with these love languages it would be very similar right if you say the right verbiage like oh well when you do that it makes me feel this way and i would really like it if you did it this way or said this or you know gave me this and this mm-hmm. is what I need so yeah the big piece of it is the the language <laughs> the love language that we use right it's all in how we present it right. yeah and it makes it easier on them yeah I mean if you take into account of the five that they don't have to remember all five or even try to figure out what it is they need to do to make you feel important they have two to choose from mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> primary and secondary it makes life a lot easier for them for sure um like when you said quality time well with quality time you know if you told him acts of service and quality time i wouldn't use those words per se you know <laughs> um <laughs> but you know, if you were to say, you know, when you take something off my plate, it makes me feel like I matter so much to you and you see me, you see how much I work, you see how hard I work. And then if you carve out time to make me feel special, the quality time, then I'm like, okay, this dude loves me so much. Then when it comes to Valentine's Day, for example, he'll clean the whole house or, you know, he'll make yeah. sure the kids are taken care of, or he'll have dinner ready, or he'll take you to a nice place to eat and make sure it's just the two of you, or take you to a spa day and spend the whole day there. That has nothing to do with gifts, right? Because that, that was zero for you, wasn't it? That zero is very hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, what's confusing about the love languages, sometimes when I'm working with clients and also when I'm explaining it is who doesn't like a nice present, right? I mean, anytime someone gives me, like my dad gave me a Kate Spade bag. I love Kate Spade. And I was like, oh, this is so pretty. I'm excited. It's gorgeous, right? I'm happy and thankful, but that's not my love language. No. I can be thankful and I can be appreciative, but when... I've had a really, really long week where I'm struggling with something and my dad notices that and then decides to cook for me. And he's like, I've made these dishes, come eat. Oh my goodness, you should see me. I need to exercise before I go because I'm about to eat so much. And I'm so filled with love and that I matter and they see me and I'm happy. I'm like, see, he gets me. Mm -hmm. And that's just my dad. Right. Versus the present that I really liked. It's very pretty. But that's why some people, you know, they have to be mindful, especially in romantic relationships and long term romantic relationships. They very much have to be mindful of the way they give love 
versus the way the person receives love. Mm -hmm. So someone might love just buying things. Oh, I thought of you when I saw this, you would love it. I got it for you and you will love it too, of course, because we get happy, right? When we get things, it's nice, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't hold the same weight subconsciously for when you're receiving love the way you need it. So interesting, this human mind of ours, isn't it? (laughs) I love it. It's so funny. This is why I said, you know, I want you to think about these love languages, not from a romantic stance or even with people that you have close relationships with, because that's when we can make adjustments and say, well, of course, you know, my dad took the time to get this bag for me. I'm, I'm happy. This is great. Versus if my father knows that my love language is acts of service, which is feed me always. <laughs> um, <laughs> he will cook for me all the time. He's finally figured it out, by the way. Awesome. Um, so with everything, it's like, I made this come eat. I'm like, oh, yes, done, yeah. <laughs> coming right now. <laughs> so what about the other three love? It sounds like you and I have very similar love language, yes. but um, words of affirmation. Yes. What's words that all Affirmation is very powerful. Because um, I got eight you, points on that one, by the way. <laughs> you have to be very careful with those who use words of affirmation as their love language or who receive it as their love language, because you can do so much damage to someone with your words when that's their love language. Um, so words of affirmations are not compliments. I think, I think I've read that in the book where it says they're verbal compliments, but sometimes we confuse compliments with, oh, you look so pretty today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not what it is. Words of affirmations are something that goes deep, 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 and it hits you in your soul when someone points something out. Um, For example, my mentor, Dr. Teleho, we were having uh, a session once and he was telling me about one of his clients that he's working with and he gave me the case study and I had asked him a question. I was just like, oh, you know, I wonder if he, your client has started drinking again. And he just paused and looked at me and he was like, you don't skip a beat, do you? And I was like, oh, he recognizes I'm intelligent. Look at that. <laughs> Does that make sense? He didn't say that I'm intelligent. He didn't say that um, I know my stuff. He didn't say any of that. But he but insinuated it, which. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's home. Mm, or when my son tells me, um, we went on a Disney cruise for the new year. It was incredible, by the way, best vacation of my life. All of Amazing. you need to go even if you don't have children. Um, <laughs> and Princess Belle came out of nowhere while we were waiting for the elevator to go to dinner. And I love Belle. So I was like, oh, it's Belle. And my oldest son just kind of rolled his eyes and took like 10 steps away from me. <laughs> I should not be associated with this woman right now. And my youngest son, Luca, who's um, eight years old, almost, he said, but mama, you're a princess every day. The hair, the smile, the eyes, and you're always in a dress, mommy. You're mm. always a princess. Right? So, so sweet. <laughs> I right. love that. Oh, my goodness. And I just looked at him. I was like, oh, baby, I could cry. <laughs> right? You can say, oh, mommy, but you're beautiful. Right? He went yeah. deeper than that. He went deeper than the surface level compliments. And that's what words of affirmations are to really communicate what it is about your partner that means something to you. Because anyone can throw out a false handed compliment, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you look good. Those jeans look good on you. Or, oh, yeah, your hair looks nice today. Or, did you get a haircut? Right? <laughs> right? Exactly. But it's not real. But when somebody touches on something that really like, only they would know that about you, right? Because that that shows that not only do they really care and they love you, but it shows that they know you on a deeper level, that they, you know, are part of your world and they understand you. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. So what about physical touch? Is it just as it sounds (laughs) or is there a deeper meaning to, (laughs) to this love language too? Well, again, with physical touch, you know, this is basically just physical touch. But um, if you take yourself out of the romantic relationship, right, physical touch would be those who really enjoy the pats on the back, the sitting close together. Um, My girlfriend, Cher, she's a physical touch person completely, 
all the time. And I think physical touch is right right before my gifts. <laughs> so it's pretty low there on, on my list. Um, but I know that that's her. So I will make sure like we have our cuddle time on the couch when we were at the practice together, she would sit on one end, I would sit on the other and we'd sit there with our legs intertwined talking to each other in between sessions. Um, or, you know, she's the one that always goes in for a hug or she's the only one. She's always the one that will hold your hand when you're upset. Does that make sense? Like they're always yeah. in your bubble. Um, yeah. <laughs> or like with your children, I mean, all children thrive on physical touch, but you know the ones that really need it, the ones that need yeah. to be held, even when things are great. They want to sit a little closer to you. They want to sit on your lap. Mine, Luca, he will be all up in my lap right now if he could all the time. <laughs> he love physical touch. So I'm, I always make sure I go behind him. Every time I'm walking by, I'll run my fingers through his hair or I'll, you know, rub his shoulders or something like that, even in passing or kisses all the time, random kisses. And he'll always run up to me and give me kisses back. Aww. But it's just, it's, it's, a, it's very much touch. It's a touch of comfort. It's a touch of love. It's a touch for reassurance. It's a touch for empathy. It's a touch for support. It's just for everything. Yeah. It's like, I'm here and I'll be your, your grounding factor. Does that make sense? It does. And I th- it's so interesting, huh? Because everybody is different and this is just another way to prove that. So mm-hmm. what about receiving gifts? I mean, that seems quite obvious to you, but I have a feeling there is a deeper meaning. We're not talking <laughs> diamond, diamond rings and, you know, a bouquet right. of flowers. Right. No. Um, receiving gifts would be someone who really appreciates a physical manifestation of a thought. So I want to know that you were thinking of me. It doesn't matter if it's post-its from the dollar store. It doesn't matter if it's um, my son, Luca, again, he picks weeds <laughs> from outside and he thinks it's flowers and he gives them to me and I put them in my hair. Um, so cute. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, he, he's got those things. That's his way of giving that's just what he does. Cards are all the time, handwritten cards, handwritten notes, little post-its everywhere. You know, um, I thought of this when I saw it, I thought of this and I thought of how much you would like it, or I thought of this and that time we went here. And do you remember that inside joke we had or, um, something that symbolizes a moment you had together? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I know I say that a lot. Does that make sense? Because I feel like I talk a lot sometimes. <laughs> no, but it's good. Because yes, it, it does make sense. And and thank you for clarifying. No, it's it's good to make sense of all this because it is a lot of information. And you know, it is just one theory that's out there. But I think it's it's really powerful to think that you know love is a language. It's it's like speaking German or Spanish. Like you have to learn the words. You have to learn. Mm-hmm how to speak the body language, the interpretation of it all. It's important. So that sort of is a perfect segue and leads me into another question. How do we discover our partners love languages? If, if they are in fact, one of those people that are kind of, you know, that think it's hocus pocus, how how do we get them to be involved so that we can learn more about them? So, Again, uh, for me, it's all about approach Um, and it's curiosity for me. I wonder what's more important to you. Is it more important to you when I'm here with you and I'm rubbing your feet at the end of the day and we're just talking Um, or when I sit next to you and I hold your hand or when I give you random kisses, is that more important to you? Or is it when I acknowledge what you've done or acknowledge who you are? or acknowledge the impact you've had on my life, which one of those two matters more. And just going through and checking off which ones they say. Cause some people will be like, just don't bother getting me gifts. Just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't really, it doesn't, I appreciate it, but you could totally save your money. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> on the other hand, um, you know, someone could be like, gosh, I hate doing laundry. I hate, I hate, I hate, and I, I do. I hate doing laundry. I will scrub toilets all day, but I, I hate doing laundry. Um, and, you know, your partner can say, you know, I'll just, 
how about I do the laundry and then you do whatever else you want to. That's an easy way of figuring out which one's acts of service versus receiving gifts versus um, words of affirmations. Mm-hmm. And even physical touch. <clears throat> Quality time is the one that I think we have to be a little bit more specific about. And um, because a lot of people really do confuse the proximity with time, with mm-hmm. quality time. And For sure. Just being like, I wonder. It's surprising how much the words I wonder will get information out of people. <laughs> Interesting. I'm curious about this. I wonder. Now, of course, if you've never said that to your partner before, they're going to look at you side-eyed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because For it's sure. not part of your normal language. They might perk up and say, what are you trying to get at? Yeah. But then just follow up with, you know, I'm just, I want to, I want to make sure I understand you. Yeah. And, and I, I think anyone would be excited to be better understood, right? I think it's something that we all crave as humans. So interesting. Okay, so that is the five love languages. That's so interesting. Um, You know, what would you recommend for applying these in a relationship? So, you know, you, you touched on what they mean and what they are, but when somebody is a receiver of that love language, you know, what are some things that you can do to sort of support their love language? Well, one thing we have to work on first and foremost is to get rid of our own ego. Hmm. You know, a lot of times when you, one person says, you know, my love language is words of affirmation and the other person says, yeah, but I show it with other things that I do for you. That's ego getting in the way. Right. Um, and we really need to get rid of the ego and just say, okay, let me see what I can do with that. Because the ego comes in because you feel judged, right? Like I haven't done it properly. Yeah. And that's why we have to be very careful with how we approach these questions. Um, and then once you know it, I mean, it's, it's not simple. (laughs) It's not simple. It's something I believe can be an activity you do together and it can really strengthen your bond. So words of affirmation, if that's your love language, you can say, get together and say, okay, well, what kinds of words of like compliments? And then the person will say, well, no, but you know how important my children are to me. You know how important the work that I do is to me. You know how important it is to keep, you know, my place organized. So if you see something, maybe just recognize it and they'll say, okay, now I know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I have three different areas or aspects of your life that I can pick from on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. Like if they come home, your partner comes home from work, the other one was already home and they made dinner. Oh, it smells incredible in here. Just that, just yep. that is enough. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, that's very helpful. Park today. Like, you know, you're such an incredible mom. I'm sure you're exhausted and you still make time to take the kids to do something fun for them. There you go. Yep. It doesn't have to be thank you for taking the kids out. It's just acknowledging that I did. In fact, sometimes the word thank you can almost insinuate that it's something that that person was supposed to do, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, thank, thanks for doing your job. Like, thank you. (laughs) You know, I, for me, anyway, I've, I've noticed that in my own perception of things, like sometimes though, it's always nice to hear thank you, don't get me wrong, but sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like there's other things attached to that word. Having, yeah. saying things like you just said, like, oh, that smells really good, or oh, you know, you're such a great mom, that kind of stuff definitely is, I think, more powerful than the words thank you, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. saying thank you without saying thank you. Now we're getting real complex here. (laughs) So from your um, experience, have you noticed a lot of couples specifically just because this is our Valentine's Day episode, but have you noticed a lot of people that have the same love languages or is it very common to have differing love languages? It's very common to have differing love languages. That's what I figured. Um, It's rare that you find the same. Um, I haven't seen much of that at all. No. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I said you have to check your ego at the Mm -hmm. door. Um, 
because we've we've given love the way we receive love for how long yeah right? forever like my son i told you one's really full of compliments um and doing things for me my oldest son he knows my love language is acts of service so he will constantly if he wants to do something nice for me he's like i did the dishes mommy I'm like oh my god i love you so much you're the best human ever thank you <laughs> or he'll make me breakfast you know lots of um acts of service or he'll say, you know, I wish you were able to sleep in today, mom. <laughs> I know it's like, and you need to sleep. So things like that. Um, so cute. He, and he, he will do that forever. That's his way of giving love until someone tells him, that's not really how I receive it. I appreciate it, but it's still not the way I receive it. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have to learn how to adjust with that. So are uh, most kids then give love the way with their own personal love language? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And they grow into be teenagers who do the same and then they become adults who do, then do the same. <laughs> right. And then they have to figure <laughs> it out all over again when they become partners to someone. Yeah. Mm, okay. And it's the same as learning and growing, right? Of course. This is just another element and another aspect of loving one another. So interesting. I love that. So, okay. Last question really quick. And I don't know if we have time. It's probably a different show altogether, (laughs) but the languages or apology, what is it called? Apology language. Yes. Language of apology. Oh, yeah. That is going to be another show. Okay. I thought thought it might be. Yeah. I was just curious how, how intertwined is that with the love languages? Like how important is it to have an an idea of both? Oh, I think it's even more important than the love languages. Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think so because, um, just quickly, there's five of them, right? Yeah. And the I five did that are, test too. <laughs> you did? Okay. Um, so the five are expressing regret, accepting yep. responsibility, making restitution, um, wanting to make a change, like genuinely showing that you're going to change your behavior. Yeah, and requesting forgiveness, forgiveness and mm-hmm. genuine repent or the. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the genuine repent would be the changing of the behavior. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So for you, if they could completely say, I understand why you're hurt. I did this. This was wrong. Um, I know this is specifically the way I hurt you. I've cleaned up the whole house now and I've done all of this to show you that I'm trying to make it right. But I will not say, will you forgive me? It does not matter. The rest of them will not matter. Hmm. Does that make sense? Hmm. If your if your language of apology is, will you forgive me? The requesting forgiveness. Yeah. And they will not say those words. It's very hard to get over how you've been hurt. Interesting. So I'm just going to tell you mine quickly so you can analyze that super quick too. We actually still have like 10 minutes. So, um, so I got 10 points for expressing mm-hmm. regret. I got six points for accepting responsibility. I got three for the genuinely repent. And I got one for request forgiveness and zero for make restitution. That's what the zero (laughs) is. So interesting. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, (laughs) That's that's funny. And just from, you know, meeting you and knowing you, I would have thought differently. Um, But again, you know, I'm not your therapist, so I don't really know. <laughs> um, so with expressing regret, for, that's my primary. So that's my number one. And that's goes a lot to do with understanding human behavior and as much of a passion as it is for me to do what I do. Um, I need my, my person, whoever it is, my loved one, whether it's my children, whether it's my family, whether it's my significant other, whether it's my friends, um, I, I need them to tell me that they understand why this particular thing hurts so much. Yeah, exactly. Um, my son mm. lied to me, which I mean, hello, right? 10 year old, he's going to, this is where they start. Um, mm-hmm. or they start before that too, but you know, like that preteen thing is, is hidden hard in this household right now. And, um, 
I had him write an essay. He didn't get grounded. He didn't lose his video games. I had him write a two-page essay for why dishonesty is hurtful. Mm, good for you. Sat there and cried. <laughs> and I cried so much. As he's pointing out, because you lose trust, and without mama's trust, you can't have anything. And then nothing you say ever holds any meaning, and it doesn't hold any worth. Like, I was so proud of that little boy. Yeah, that's amazing. His depth of understanding. But that's what I need. Yeah. I need him to understand why lying to me was so hurtful. Absolutely. And without that, he can say, I'm sorry all day, which is the requesting forgiveness, right? Like He can mm-hmm. say sorry all day, and that just doesn't mean anything to me as much as someone saying, I understand why that was painful. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And I think the accepting responsibility falls very similar to that category. And that's why I, you know, almost tied with those two again, it's, I need when somebody does something that hurts me, I need them to take ownership of that. Yes. I don't care if they say sorry at all. Or if they Mm -hmm. say it a thousand times, it's Mm -hmm. you need to take ownership for your actions. And I need to know that you understand why. And that is it. That's all I care about. Yeah. And that's so interesting. (laughs) Wow. You've got this mama part. Um, I think it's important to teach your children all of it. Mm -hmm. I have my kids say, this is why you're hurt, mommy. I did this. I'm owning it. That was my bad. I make them make restitution also, which is how are you going to make this right? I understand yeah. you've owned up to it. I understand you. You understand now why I'm hurt. What are you going to do about it? How do you make things right again? How do you set the world straight? Um, and that's that making restitution. You have to teach them to be able to say, I, you still matter. This was very hurtful but you still matter to me. And that's what making restitution stands for. The person Mm -hmm. that has the need for making restitution as their language of apology needs to know, do you still love me? This was so hurtful and it made me feel so undervalued or, you know, I mean, we can, when you hurt someone, I mean, you can give them lots of messages of, of what's really going on, even if that's not what your intention was. And making restitution goes back to saying, no, no, no. I know that's what it implied, but that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And I do still love you and you do still matter. And this is how I'm going to show you that you do. And Crazy. Then, you know, yours was the genuine or the fourth one was, I think, the desire to change the behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about that one, right? No. Yeah. The genuine mm-hmm. repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll never do this again. Yeah. Um, and some people who have trust, right? Yeah. <laughs> I say it that way. Clearly that's not one of mine. <laughs> um, but when they really need to believe again, you know, can I believe in you that you're not going to do this to me again? Yeah. And they need to hear, I will never do this again. And you can watch and you can, you know, believe in my words that this won't happen again. Um, and they'll say, okay, I'm holding you to your word. And that's what that is like you, I will change my behavior. These are the steps I'm going to take to change this behavior. This will not happen again. Crazy. And then the last one was the, you know, requesting forgiveness. Yeah. Because will you please forgive me? I want to hear you humble yourself in this way to show that what you did was awful and hurtful. And I'm coming from a place requesting forgiveness. Yeah, it all makes sense and it all ties in together, right? So, mm-hmm. so interesting. Amazing. Well, Habiba, <laughs> thank you for sharing all of this knowledge with us. I think it's going to be very helpful for people because it's just another tool, another resource that we have to strengthen relationships and to share how we love one another, right? Because mm-hmm. this isn't all about romantic relationships. It's about all kinds of love. Love yes. with a child, love with a parent, love with a sibling, love with a friend. So it, I think it's a really interesting way to support that, to support one another and really learn to be there in a thoughtful way for the people that we love. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. Where can our listeners find you? Where can they find you if they want to? 
Is it Instagram? Do you have a website? Is there <laughs> anything that you're sort of like up to right now that we should hear about? Yes. So yes to all of the above. I do have a website. It's habibazaman.com. Um, I also have an Instagram. It's complicated. It's That's okay. I'll put it in the show notes. But we'll, we'll find you on Instagram for sure. <laughs> and then the Facebook also. And I've been up to a lot of writing. Um, you can find me on my business page as well at northstarofgeorgia.com. And the books that are coming out, we have so many books coming out. We've got You've Got so This many. Mama too. Um, I mean, You've Got so This Boss Mama. Yes. And then the Dear Love, Dear Time. I mean, oh yeah, I've been busy. Yeah, you're a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those are coming out at some point in the next year or so. So very Amazing. excited. Well, all the, you're a wonderful writer. I am so inspired by your work and you are just such a breath of fresh air and it's been an absolute treat getting to know you and listeners if you are listening (laughs) go and find Habiba because everything she's produced is definitely worth a read yeah so thank you thank you thank you thank you for being on and you know I appreciate it so much and absolutely just such a treat I loved it every moment of it yeah (laughs) And to all the listeners, you know the drill. Go on and subscribe to the tribe. Give us a rating and a review if you don't mind. We appreciate them all so much. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.